Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of All Out War. Rosie, have you ever wondered where the White Lotus Society gets their opium? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're going to learn today because we're going to continue our S3 series on the triad, which is also called the Tongs of Terror. Yeah, the triads. So yeah, so we're going to talk about that. But before we get into that, it's time for our baby update yes we uh missed it last week we did um that was intentional because we get we knew we were going to have we were hoping that we were going to have a lot of new people we didn't want to bog them down and want to get right into the episode yeah um so if you are now listening to this and you haven't listened to the other ones we are absolutely pro-life and so we've been going through every week the stages of pregnancy that's right and showing how much a baby is a baby throughout the entire weeks. That's right. So we are on week 18. 18. We have 22 weeks to go. <laughs> uh, nearly halfway the, there. Nearly halfway there. Baby is five and a half inches, five to 6.5 ounces. Okay. So getting pretty big. Yeah. It has tiny fingerprints. It has its own fingerprints already. All right. Yeah. It's the size of a cucumber. Yeah. It has nerve protection. So the myelin sheath, I'm, wow, mispronouncing it so much. Uh, but yeah, the protective insulation that goes around all the, the nerves, uh, the nerves are starting to grow. Cool. So, uh, yeah. And it says the girl or boy parts are defined. So the fallopian tubes and mm. uterus are now in proper position if it is a girl. And the boy, his, uh, his stuff's there. there too. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Good yeah. Job. So, it is still a baby at 18 weeks. It is. The reason we, again, bring this up because liberals want to be able to kill it mm-hmm. now. And uh, and they're confused about when life begins too. Right. So. They think like at first breath or something. Yeah. Absurd. Uh, the Christian, the gay Christian savior of all, Pete Buddha, Buddha Judge, just B- said that. Buddha gig. Booty gig, booty I gay. I don't even know how to say his name. Booty gay. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. So doesn't they realize that it's breathing in the womb? <laughs> it has lungs that are. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't understand womb. what the word pneuma means. That too. So right. yeah, the uh, dude's just getting destroyed on on Twitter from that. But anyways, we're pro life. We know where life begins from the hand of the the mind of God. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Yeah. So there you go. So there you go. It's preconceptive pro it's life. It's before yes. you were conceived. Anyways. So let's get into the triads in yeah, the Chinese. That's right. Sit back. Grab some Peking duck <laughs> and enjoy. <laughs> You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. What's up, warriors? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I am Turner, and I'm in the studio with Rosie. Rosie, what is up, my brother? Hey, man, what's up? I asked you how you're doing this week. I am doing good. I appreciate that. <laughs> man, uh, it, it is uh, football season started. In case you didn't know, today was the first week of football. Yep. And uh, you can tell. <laughs> it our first loss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I know. I don't want to be reminded of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. So let's move on. <laughs> but uh, we had, you know, I just want to reflect for a minute. We, If you have not, if you're new to the audience, first of all, I just want to say, hey, uh, new to the podcast, thank you for listening, checking us out. Give us an opportunity. We always, um, we always love it when we have an opportunity to meet and have be exposed to new people um, through the podcast. And so um, we know that um, there are some people that are listening now, right now. It, you, yes, you, you're listening right now because of the Sharp Edge, who was on last week with the Dark Side of Disney podcast that we did. And um, that was just uh, such a fun podcast to do and have as an interview and... Um, I, I know that we uh, it was an interesting topic when my wife um, actually put it on when we were in the car yesterday. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's uh, she's like, I want to listen to it. I've I started it. And I haven't finished it. So um, I had to listen to myself, which is really weird. I yeah, don't, I, I don't think I've ever listened to this podcast. <laughs> You've never listened to one episode. <laughs> no, I do. I do listen to it um, for audio uh, quality. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't like hearing my voice. Yeah, I don't either. I hate my voice. But I listen to it to make sure that balances are good and, you know, background music, what we do, and all that kind of stuff is good. Yeah. I don't, you know, and I do listen, I especially listen for this every week. Smoking that sticky, sticky green stuff. <laughs> and unfortunately, we didn't get that last week. We realized that. I know. I don't know how, how she would have taken that. It probably wouldn't have been well. It would have. It, yeah, she would have been. Well, like, she wouldn't have cared. But she, she wouldn't have cared. But she would have been like, "These dudes are weird." <laughs> <laughs> Which is accurate. And I feel like we had a good rapport with her. Uh, delightful interview. Awesome article that she wrote. Go check it out if you haven't. Still. And she posted her new one about Rico. Yeah, I saw which that. Which was is super cool is it yeah i so. need to read it i haven't had a I haven't had a free like 20 minutes to sit down in a half hour and read it but i'm gonna do that this week yeah but um yeah so um anyway so if you're new and you're and you are a fan of um you know of Corey's digs and the whole hive mind and and the speaker and all of them uh we just want to welcome you and, and thank you for giving us an opportunity and uh, we really appreciate what they're doing over there and yeah. um encourage you to continue to and go, yeah, hopefully you like our stuff. Yeah. And if you're one of our listeners that don't know them, go check them out. Like, go yeah. listen to their podcast, check them out on YouTube, read their blogs. I was going to say, for all of our guests or friends of the show and stuff like that, like, please support them. Yeah. Like, so we only bring people on that we think are fascinating to us. So yeah, you should go help them because <laughs> they're, they're all friends of ours yeah so. yeah and uh so so what do you know man oh hey <laughs> hey so this is hey. a interesting story so during uh edward the second's reign there's this guy named john daydress who claimed that he was actually edward the second and uh so you know so he came and he was like i'm the rightful heir to the crown we were switched at birth basically <laughs> so then he challenged edward uh the second to a duel if i remember correctly he lost it Ooh. and then he claimed his cat told him to do everything wait wait how do you i thought a duel was it wasn't a duel to the death uh i guess not no he oh sorry Draydas daydress offered to fight edward in single-handed combat for the throne he was arrested Oh, okay. And then uh, he was tried for sedition, and then he confessed that he made it up, uh, <laughs> and he blamed his pet cat, 
and he claimed that it was the devil in disguise that led him astray one day. <laughs> so then they hung both him and the cat. The cat. <laughs> they hung the cat. Yeah. <laughs> they euthanized the cat by hanging. Yeah, they hung. They hung. <laughs> Can you imagine him sitting there next to the cat? It's like on a box. Yeah. It's just sitting there. What's going on? The cat? And it's probably innocent. Although some people would argue that cats are the devil. Um, uh, there's some people that would, that would go that I have far. black cats. And they, they're not. Um, they just stand over you at night when you're asleep. You don't they realize do. it. They do. Well, one of them protects me. She, like, watches out. That's cool. She sleeps on the edge of my bed and, like, looks at all the shadow figures, I guess, and the, the weird stuff and like, doesn't do anything, just runs away. It's like, I don't know what to do for you, man. I can't protect you from this demon. Yeah, I'll just sit on your, uh, sit on your chest and put my butt in your face. That, I guess that's her way of protecting me. It's got to go through me first. Oh man! Yeah, that's a pretty good. Did you know? Yeah. So, wow. So they. they so did you know? That, so an easy way to say it is: Did you know that King Edward the Second hung a cat? <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. So, man. So again, no new story. Son of Sam claimed his dog, his neighbor's dog, told him to do it. Dude, that's true. Yeah, I he forgot about that. He was that. making that up. Yeah. You want to know an interesting thing? I don't know if I've talked about this before. So the son of Sam, uh, David Berkowitz. Yeah. So he got arrested in like, I think it was the seventies. Yeah. And ever since then, he was. I think I'm pretty sure he always stated that he didn't act alone. That he was part of a cult, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. And uh, so the cult still exists. Oh. To this day, but <laughs> it's not a cult anymore. They opened up a no-kill animal shelter in Utah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so now there's a cult that was connected to David Berkowitz, Son, Son of, Sam of Sam Killer. Cult. Yeah. And they open and they run a no kill animal shelter in Utah. What refresh my memory? How many people did he kill? Did he? Was it? I a can't bunch? remember. I think like three or four. Okay. Not. Not a, a ton. Not. But he's still considered a serial killer. I think if you kill more than three people, you're considered a serial killer. By yeah. the way, the word, the term, serial killer, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I was. He, oh, he he killed eight. They killed eight people. Yeah, that's that's so pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, over how long does it say yeah. on there? It was over a summer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, summer is 76. 76. Yeah. So, wow. I was just a wee lad. Um, the uh, we My wife and I have been watching that show. Mindhunter. Mindhunter. Yeah. yeah. And it's all about serial killers and stuff. So, that that's what you reminded me of when we were. They interview him in the we, second season. Yeah. They interview him in the first season. Oh, okay. They, yeah. There's a couple. I couldn't or, remember then. We we're almost done with the first season. Cool. But yeah, crazy stories. Mm -hmm. And and they're taking real like real uh case information. Yeah. And I mean, those are real people that right, interviewed him and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so. Anyways, a, talk, well, how about moving into criminals since we're talking about criminals, <laughs> right. I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So that brings us to our topic. I was trying to make a good segue. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> well, we're, so we're going to continue in our Secret Society series, our S3 series. Uh, it would just be S3. It, yeah, we're going to continue in our S3. Uh, I always get <laughs> I, it wrong. Well, I hate, it's like the same thing when people say ATM machines. Yeah. It's machine, not. Machine, right? Because yeah, the M is machine. Yeah. Automated teller machine. Machine. Same thing with DC. When they say DC Comics. Yeah. 
the C in DC stands for comics. Comics. It's the DC stands for Detective Comics. Comics. Yeah. <laughs> so it's <laughs> Did you see what I was doing there? It's redundant. Yeah. Like you were saying, automated teller machine machine. Oh, yeah. ATM machine machine. Exactly. So anyways. Um, all right. So we're going to continue in S3. Yeah. There you go. Period. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is a, a group that it's our only one that's, that, you know, we've done we've done like asian in the sense of uh like eastern asia like uh saudi arabia and oh that'd be western asia or sorry western asia you're right i'm sorry yeah because it's the far east is what they consider asia any hey cats out of the bag the one that's not been hung and uh we're gonna be talking about <laughs> our only secret society that we're gonna really go through in the series that comes out of asia out yep. of in particular china um so it's a group called the triads yeah although i would say that some of the other ones have um if you'll remember some of the teachings of other societies more towards the west did steal from the east like yeah in uh uh their like, religious yeah. ideas and stuff yeah yeah they borrowed from some of their philosophies and yeah, things yeah. like that yeah but yeah we're going to talk about the triads the triads so um it's also triads aka the tongs of terror which <laughs> i kind of like that name yeah it doesn't sound as threatening or as bad yeah it just sounds like the tongs of terror what is this like the, the song the tongs that attack back when you your salad tong I don't, <laughs> anyway, whatever uh so uh you would you like to you have the best reading voice i was gonna see if you wanted to oh uh, thank you well how, i was gonna say before we get into this, I found this interesting article that sort of ties in with it. So if you don't know the triads, and I'm not sure if it really lays it out in the best way yeah, um, up front, but if you're not familiar, because most people have heard, I would assume, heard the triad of the triads because they're, a, uh, they're in movies and stuff like that. Anything that has to do with like some seedy underbelly... Um, that deals Chinese, with Chinese, Chinese yeah. yeah, is they're going to be the triads. Like whenever they bust through a Chinese restaurant in the back room and it's smoke filled, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's all the triads. Um, but here, I was just going to say to put things into perspective, and it kind of talks about, you know, what I'm not, I'm not even, I don't even have to make an excuse because this is our podcast. <laughs> That's right. So I'm going to read this interesting article I wrote. I found, dude, you read it. I want to hear it. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I will. I'm, I'm giving you support. Okay. That's what I'm doing. So here's, uh, you know, talk about criminal enterprises um, or the triads. I found this article from a couple of years ago, but uh, just to put into perspective, it's talking about the five biggest organized crime groups in the world. Wow. And their uh, yearly uh, revenue. So <laughs> I was trying to think, uh, I, was, I was taking... Uh, pauses to try to um i i don't know how to pronounce this one so i'm gonna kill it it is the so the first one the most the biggest is the russian mafia yeah and they're called the sluts nets get kaya <laughs> i'll give you an a on that bratva they bring in, oh, oh you had more to it i'm sorry I yeah didn't mean two to words in. uh so they bring in 8.5 billion dollars a year good lord mostly through uh drug trafficking and human trafficking man that's just terrible yeah 8.5 billion dollars a year in drug and human trafficking yeah wow so this is to kind of put a scope when we talk about these 
this underground gang, they're serious players. Yeah. Um, Eastern European. Yeah, well, I was going to say the triads are, you know, these guys are serious, like, crime families, like, when right. we talk about these things. Yeah. Um, yeah, so how about the, the second one? I'll just skip over and go through the how much these guys bring in. Okay. The Yamaguchi Gumi, <laughs> uh, which is the Yakuza. Right. Uh, which are the Japanese crime syndicate. Okay. I guess, so to speak. It, it, the Yakuza term is like a roughly used term. Like how we say the mafia. Yeah. Is. It's a designation for Japanese though, right? Yeah. So, Yakuza, so you know, it's, it's a, there's many groups that make up Yakuza. Okay. And one of them is Yamaguchi Gumi. Okay. They bring in six point six billion. Gosh. Yeah. It's um, mostly drugs, right? Yeah. So it says here though, it's interesting. And Ginsu knives. <laughs> Ginsu knives. <laughs> yeah. It says while other East A- Asian gangs like the Chinese triads, which are a loose conglomeration of criminals bounded together mostly by fam familiar relations, mm. y- Yakuza are bound together by elaborate hierarchies. And members once initiated must subvert all other allegiances in favor of the yakuza. Wow! So it's interesting. So it's a familiar, it's a, different setup. Yeah, but um, it still it sounds a lot like a secret society. Yeah, that's a break off from your family. All your allegiances allegiances are with us. Yeah. Wow. So the next one is the Kimura. They bring in four point nine billion. They are in. It's, it's an Italian, Italian, Italian. Kimura. Is it spelled with a C? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Italian mafia. Then there's one, the <laughs> Nadranga Heat. I don't know. <laughs> so, some other Italian group. And then the Sim- Sinaloa cartel. Uh, so the other one brings in $4.5 billion, And the Sinaloa cartel brings in $3 billion a year. $3 billion. And It's you still so much money, though. Yeah. And if you might have heard, the Sinaloa, that uh, the leader, we captured him a couple of years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, El Chapo. Oh, is he a Sinaloa? Yeah, he was in charge of Sinaloa. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. So, And they were trying to to talk about using his riches to build the wall. Yeah, Ted Cruz introduced a bill that would uh, take all the seized money that they got from him because <laughs> they seized his bank accounts and everything. And that, it, was, it would have been amazing. They should do that. Yeah. Anyways. They should do that. Yeah. So, anyways. And they should take Epstein's money and use it to fight human trafficking. That would be good. I mean, like initiatives of like task force and like hunt them down. That'd be cool. Hang them like cats. <laughs> Is that going to be the new thing? Hang them like cats. Hang them like cats. That'd be a great t-shirt. Yeah. If Maybe. we ever come out with merchandise. merchandise yeah. <laughs> We're a long ways from merchandise. Unless you want to buy it, listener, then let us know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you ready to jump into yeah, the trial? I'm sorry. We've been wasting too much time. No, I loved that. That, was, right. that was cool. I, lo- I love talking crime families and billions of dollars that I'll never see. Yeah. So... So you want me to start? Yeah, go for it, man. A person who has committed a murder shall conceal himself, cut off some of his hair, and tie the same round his right arm. And when he goes to seek refuge among his brothers, he shall wipe his left eye, and the brotherhood shall provide him with expenses and means of escape. So that was one of the rules of the To-Pei-Kong secret society among the Chinese, who of all people have developed clandestine associations in the ultimate pitch of hmm. efficiency. So they would cut off, they'd murder someone, then they would cut off some hair, tie it around their arm, and then they shall wipe their left eye. Yeah, and then 
You know, I wonder if that's how Left Eye Lopez got her name. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <Was> she, <laughs> she murdered someone. We don't know. TLC. Don't go chasing the waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways. Um, so it says the origins of the Chinese secret societies are almost all legendary. Some are most poetic. Uh, some are most poetical. That doesn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> most are patriotic. Many are criminal in the usual sense of the word. Inside China itself, they have functioned as resistance movements against the Manchus, as welfare organizations, as espionage networks. Hmm. The Boxer Rebellion of 1900 was started and maintained by a secret society. That's really interesting. The Boxer Society. The Boxer Rebellion. Boxer Big Rebellion. rebellion. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so here, again, it's starting to touch into, we already talked about how much money these guys have. Yeah. And that's... I. I don't want to keep taking uh, breaks from this, but I almost feel like the need to uh, um, justify while we're talking about this as a secret society. And, um, but I mean, here that it had a huge rebellion. The Boxer Rebellion was huge in China, huge. Uh, that eventually led the way. If I'm not mistaken, I might be talking out my butt. <laughs> that the uh, it it turned the the whole tide of the dynasty dynastic reign yeah. and everything like that and went into uh more of a governmental um, it just completely changed the structure and i think that's when the uh mount not mao zedong but communism really like emerged emerged yeah mm. so these secret societies you know maybe some of the other ones we talked about are you know kind of more in the dark yeah but these guys have like it, it's just crazy to hear something well, that they can directly link back to history o overturning government right and that was one of the tenets of some of these secret societies is that they were always trying to get influence to right. affect kings or uh, you know officials in the government pay yeah. them off buy them off whatever yeah but again here's another thing just to stop and they did that right. <laughs> this this happens they literally this a, happens a rebellion in 1900 yeah all right so <laughs> sorry the republican leader dr sun yat sen worked largely by means of one association, which eventually became the... I'm so bad with Asian pronunciation. Can I the, say it? Kuomintang. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I had to. Yeah, it's all right. I was going to say it uh, like that. The, <laughs> National, the Nationalist Party of China. When the Republican government fled to Formosa, the Kuomintang <laughs> remained and still is the, most, the major political party of the free Chinese. The communists, led by Mao Zedong, were early organized as a secret society. Ah. Between the years 1950 and 1960, both of the, these opposing elements fought to gain control of the tens of millions of overseas Chinese who lived in Malaya, the Philippines, and elsewhere throughout Southeast Asia. Hmm. So, so the, com the Communist Party was a secret society. They're, yeah. they're evil. <laughs> yeah. They're evil. Those commies. Yeah, so my timing was off there, but that's when they... In Russia, the communists came to power in the early 1910s. Yeah. So, anyways. Uh, at the same time, communist and free Chinese secret society influence sought to penetrate the communities of Chinese in America, Europe, and Africa. The Formosa government maintained contact with their supporters on the communist mainland through these societies, which the Peeping government still <laughs> seeks to crush and which it vilifies fre frequently in the official press. 
the uh, the Chinese take their secret society seriously. Wow, that was a tongue twister. And there are a few of them who are not members, affiliates, or entitled by hereditary right to membership. The time cannot be foreseen when this type of activity will cease to play a large part in Chinese thought and life. Mm. Sorry. The uh, half-crazed... <laughs> you can't say it. You can't say it. The, uh, the half-crazed assassin of fic the chinese assassin of fiction the opium den of the tong wait did you say opium smoking that sticky sticky green stuff <laughs> yep sorry it fit opium. in there way better than, it did yeah of the tong uh the kidnapping gambling dens and the horrid rituals of initiation Gosh. are still with us and they will remain so for a very long time to come want to take over yeah part. yeah that's great so the, we've already got toppling governments and drug trafficking <laughs> yeah. that they're talking about man and crazy initiations all right chinese records of nearly two thousand years ago tell of the the carnation painted eyebrow society <laughs> <laughs> i think my aunt was in that <laughs> uh she painted her eyebrows with painted faces uh whose leaders nearly became ruler of the country through banditry they were defeated when the loyal troops painted their faces in the same bizarre pattern and attacked them. The carnation eyebrows were confused and routed. This was a time of general anarchy, and among the secret societies which ranged in the country in armed bands were such picturesque, picturesquely named bodies as the Cooper horses, copper horses and the iron shins. In the second century of the Christian era, a Taoist magician died, Chang Ku <laughs> declared himself to be a god and gathered around himself a numerous following of northeast, uh, in, in the northeast of China. Within a few years, there were so many members of the cult that they had to be split up under 36 uh, generals. In a month of these yellow turban rebels, oh, there's the turbans, <laughs> Uh, had sub subdued the whole of the north of China, helped by their secret associations associates among the apparently law-abiding populace. But one secret society's activities could give birth to another. It was in the struggle against the yellow turbans at Quan Yu took an oath with two other warriors to liberate the country from activities, caused him to become defied as the god of war, and the patron of yet another secret societies of of yet other secret societies among them the triad cult so now we're getting into the triads here this is where it gets kind of crazy yeah it is not until a period when the crusades uh, were raging in the near east that we have a record of actual oaths taken by secret society members upon which many of the present day oath taking ceremonies are modeled in 1102 108 men took this vow. So here's the vow. And by saying this vow, I would like to say that I am not taking this vow. I'm simply <laughs> reading this vow. <laughs> we, 108 persons assembled in this hall, regard the stars as our brothers and heaven and earth as our father and mother. Every heart is spotless. We bind ourselves to share each other's happiness and sorrows. May anyone who is unkind or double-dealing be attacked by devils. May knives and swords cut their cut our bodies and thunderbolts destroy every trace of us. May we everlastingly sink into hell, not to be reborn as human beings. May heaven and all the gods look down upon us as we swear. 
So that's what they would swear. Yeah. The members swore to meet in every single incarnation. Then they drank each other's blood mixed with wine. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, the triads with their swearing and their drinking of blind, blind blood and wine. Yeah. That just doesn't appeal to me. No. But that's back in 1102, and who knows what was going on in their heads. I was going to say, again, and we had kind of touched about, I think uh, maybe during the Disney one, we had talked about uh, this thing of, like, immediately, anytime my head goes to, um, like, drinking wine in a ceremony or something like mm, that, when yeah. it has to do with uh, secret societies. Yeah. Um, immediately, my head goes to, this is... Communion, mockery of communion. Mockery of communion, especially yeah. mixing it with blood yeah i mean that's pretty sacrilegious yeah that's a great point that's yeah. a really great point yeah uh you want me to keep reading yeah all right okay it was two <laughs> it was 200 years later that the notorious white lotus society was formed the mongols had been had beaten down chinese resistance and the fearsome kubla khan oh dude that sounds amazing the kubla khan Sounds like the Cobra Kai. Yo, you don't know Kubla Khan? I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. That just sounds really mean. It is a badass name. <laughs> they were in full control. A rumor started that a certain omen would herald the liberation of the country. When stirs of when when stirs the one eyed man of stone, this dynasty will be overthrown. Shortly after the slogan became current in the in the mouth of every urchin a stone image of a one-eyed man was found in the banks of the Yellow River. The White Lotus Society, which had been founded some years earlier, and which perhaps started the one-eyed man rumor, now proclaimed itself destined to liberate the land. The Buddhist Messiah was at hand, said its leaders, and tens of thousands joined them, including three powerful bandit chiefs. Now, I just want to stop for just a second there. Yeah. So, a rumor came about that there was going to be a stone figure that would be found with one eye. Mm -hmm. And then they find one in a river. And then people band around it <laughs> saying that this is the Messiah. Yeah. And that is the catalyst for an uprising of thousands of people. <laughs> Join a secret society around that. How yeah. crazy does that sound? I mean, to play devil's advocate, I mean, it's if it was really a... Um, what am I trying to think of? What's the word? Uh, a uh, rumor? A no, tale? not a rumor. The, uh, the made up? No, the opposite of that. What is Jesus for a prophecy? Oh, a prophecy. Prophecy. If there really was some prophecy, I mean, I could see right. that. Or someone just made <laughs> made it after hearing well, the stone. Well, that's what they were saying. The prophecy, yeah. They're like, that. it's the one-eyed man rumor. Perhaps they made it up. Yeah. Uh, well, so, I'll say, want? yeah, one of these latter claimed uh royal descent dressed his followers in red turbans i just <laughs> i just have a hard time picturing chinese chinese men wearing turbans <laughs> i'm sorry maybe it's me being a uh that's my white privilege showing it that, is that, dude that sounds kind of funny to that's me true. because i don't hear a lot about chinese men <laughs> wearing turbans you don't you don't usually, um, usually they're sikhs you know and yeah yeah, yeah. Arabian and stuff. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so the White Lotus remained active, though not completely successful, for centuries after this. Numerous rebellions and other unsavory undertakings are ascribed to this group. By 1761, the emperor King Lung, King Kainlung, 
<laughs> had to issue an edict against the Lotus and the illustrious worthies and white cloud societies, which were patriotic, anti-Manchu. Uh, so the Manchu was the, the a dynasty. Yeah. Uh, family, just Who was Fu Manchu? Probably the guy that started it. I don't know <laughs> enough about Chinese. Uh, well, but. It's spelled F-U Manchu. Maybe they were the White Lotus. Society. They were the ones that the, they had that facial hair. Yeah. That, you know, the, the long Fu mustaches. Man, the Fu Manchu. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, so it said, uh, by 1761, the Emperor Kindlung had to issue an edict against the Lotus and the illustrious worthies and the White Cloud Societies which were patriotic and also semi-criminal organizations. The society worked under the pretense of being a religious sect purporting to cure diseases through incantations. Mm. Pretenders supposedly descended from the rightful heirs of the unsurped Ming dynasty rose from time to time and were supported by the Lotus organization. This development is important because the Lotus and its descendants especially the powerful triad society, which still exists, are founded upon a royalist and patriotic myth. Mm. The eventual object of the society, so runs the teaching, is to restore the Mings, a resolve which appealed to a great number of people who felt themselves to be oppressed. When the higher degrees of initiation, the secret was revealed to initiates that the word Ming stood for light. This is its literal meaning in Chinese, and the object of the triad and others was to obtain power o over all China for, for the society, which considered itself as the light. This is why today, with very little likelihood of an imperial Ming restoration, the triad and other groups can remain in operation and retain their immense power. That's cool. Yeah. I actually knew a lady named Ming, and uh, she worked at a Chinese... I'm not kidding. <laughs> she owned a Chinese restaurant. Nice. And uh, she was the nicest lady. Yeah. She was really cool. So to know that her name means light, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Because it's not a bad thing. No. In Russia, light means Svetlana. Really? Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> I have to say that. It means light. Cool. Uh, you know, in uh, English? It means light. Light means light. <laughs> you got uh, it. Startling evidence of the power of the secret societies and their real objective as political and financial power came with the victory of Dr. Sun Yat-sen. In January 1912, Sun was installed as the president of the Chinese Republic. As his first official act as the Republican president, he went to the tombs of the Ming dynasty and in a public ceremony informed the spirits of the imperial Mings that the Manchus had been driving for, driven from the country. Dr. Sun, of course, <laughs> what, oh, Dr. Sun was, of course, a Christian. Hmm. That wasn't evident to me. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> uh, but this action, as a member of the Triad Society, was one of Chinese religious and secret society importance. All right, so let me interject something here for a second, okay. because uh, I just learned this, literally I learned this today. So in Chinese, um, it, Chinese are very superstitious. Yeah. And um, when uh, I learned this today, so this is kind of cool that this fits in. had no idea that we that we would even be talking about this but um so because they're superstitious um there was in hawaii years ago probably i don't know I, it may have been 15 20 years ago there was a xerox corporation building where a guy went in the conference room and shot like eight people and killed them killed himself it was mm -hmm. really tragic and um 
so because of the superstition and there's plenty of Asians that live in Hawaii, a lot of Japanese, a lot of Chinese and, um, <laughs> Japanese, Japanese or Asians as well. No, I know, but what? Pearl Harbor, <laughs> I'm surprised we let them stay. <laughs> wow. I'm just kidding. We're a forgiving nation. <laughs> wow. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> moving on, uh, like we did many years ago after Pearl Harbor. Um, but what happened was, is they, the building became vacant and they were trying to find a new place for Xerox and all that. So this, this is going to sound strange. So this Christian guy, uh, was praying and he felt like he was supposed to go and he was a worship leader and he felt like he was supposed to go to the Xerox building where they still had some people working there mm. and he was supposed to, uh, pray in that room and and lead worship and um so this chinese lady came in and was like what are you doing and he's like i'm praying and worshiping god and just and she goes why and he goes because i know that this will agitate the demons that dwell here and she totally was open to that hmm. and so she totally believed that they were like demons were still in that conference room in that so then the rumor became that this guy was like singing to the demons <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> to, to annoy them and uh, of course you and i and and we have an episode on spiritual warfare you know we can talk about that later but um but you can go back and listen but we we know that that's not it's not like they're sitting there waiting for him to come and be annoyed by him and they can leave they don't have to stay there yeah. so anyways uh what 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 was interesting to me about this is that this guy would go to the tombs and speak to the spirits of these dead ming soldiers yeah you know and so there's like reassure them that he, their enemies that are now eradicated yeah yeah so i just it made me think about that whole thing how this chinese woman who they actually her nickname was the dragon hmm. she was very mean um, in, in the story that this guy told me. So it was interesting uh, yeah. that there's still this steeped tradition and superstition that they live by. Yeah. I was going to say, if uh, if I happen to die before we eradicate liberalism from America, <laughs> yeah, um, please go to my grave site <laughs> and reassure me that we finally defeated liberalism in America. I would love to do that, but I'll probably go before you. Yeah. Because I'm a lot older than you. That's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know if I'll be the one. Maybe I'll task it with one of my kids. There you go. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll keep moving <laughs> on. It has been said that the Triad Society was not derived from that of the White Lotus, but merely used as rituals in some of its history. But there are grounds for supposing that they are in reality one in the same body. The fact that the Lotus men helped to place the first Ming on the throne in the 14th century was somewhat marred by their intervention against the Mings in the 17th. <laughs> this resulted in the triumph of the Manchus, and this could be the reason why triad men are not always anxious to be identified with the Lotus. Hmm. Cool. Towards the end of the 18th century, a white Lotus chief, uh, Liu Chi He, produced an authentic, quote-unquote, descendant of the Mings as a candidate for the imperial throne. Lotus Rebellion was in full flower, and the story circulated that he that the pretender, a guy named Wang Fashing, <laughs> I love how uh, a lot of the names are very uh, playful when you read them. Yeah. Like they, Wang Fangsheng. Yeah, to, uh, to the, the American. Yeah, tongue. it's nice. Was a genuine royal, genuine royal Ming whom Liu had reared secretly outside China for the Great Day. Mm. 
Over 100,000 Lotus men were in arms, fighting for six years until Lu was captured. Then for a further four years, the Civil War raged, costing the society and the throne millions in money and lives. When the revolt was put down, the young pretender disappeared. In 1814, the Imperial Palace was attacked by what has been described as a coalition of several secret societies. This is interesting that... Coalition? Yeah, that they're all banding together (laughs) to (laughs) overthrow a a, a, uh, common enemy, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, So these were the White Lotus, the White Feather, the Three Incense Sticks... I wouldn't want to be at a gag. <laughs> I know. Where it's, uh, you're like, oh, yeah, we're like the, uh, just think of like the motorcycle gangs right, here. Yeah. We're like, oh, they're the Hells Angels. Yeah, well, we're the Banditos or we're the Outlaws. Who are you guys? We're, we're the Kickstands. We're the Kickstands. <laughs> There's three of us. We're the three Kickstands. Right, yeah. Yo, you trying to get off your bike? Kickstands are important, though. Right. You know, yeah. like, how else are you going to? We're the tire valves. (laughs) We're the tire valves. That's true, though. So those guys are probably really... It's like in my mind, like in my my mind's eye, I'm seeing like a scene from the Game of Thrones. (laughs) Remember when they were all like all the tribes were together, like eating dinner and stuff before the the red massacre wedding or whatever yeah the red wedding but they all would brag about each other like how great they each other were yeah. and stuff you know and the three instant sticks were like yeah we're they're, okay they're in the corner they're just like stewing they're just like steaming yeah like, and they're just yelling at like the one guy like why couldn't you come up with a cooler name yeah, man like i'm hey look i just want you to know i'm i'm thinking about joining the uh the white tigers or whatever they're called yeah yeah <laughs> the white feather that's yeah, even feather. that's almost as bad yeah uh, and so the white lotus, the white feather, the three incense sticks, <laughs> the eight diagrams, and the rationalists. <laughs> the rationalists. Uh, it is probable that at least some of these names were merely alternatives used by the triad because the society uses as symbols some of the objects mentioned above. Ah. So that makes kind of sense, but yeah. it's still, I wouldn't want to be in that group. I know, right? <laughs> you want so, me to read? Yeah, yeah. The rebellion was well organized and came as a complete surprise to the authorities. It was planned by secret society leaders who claimed occult powers and who had bribed palace officials with immense sums of money. This rising failed only due to a mistake in the dates upon which it should have taken place and was put down. The second son of the emperor, it is recorded, realizing that that this was an occultist activity when he could not kill a rebel with its or- with his ordinary musket balls, tore off one of his silver buttons and fired it at the man, who now toppled to the ground. Magic and the reputed ability to see the future has always played a large part in Chinese secret society activities. In, eight- in the 1814 rising of rising, the loyalist elements invoke the thunder gods, whereupon we are told. A large number of rebels were killed by a light by lightning in a terrible thunderstorm which broke out. The inner workings of the minds of these cultists is interesting to note. Whenever opportunity arises, although their, their seers are, were generally supposed to know the future and hence could be expected to know whether a revolt would succeed or not, they ultimately maintained that the future was only partly predestined. 
So they weren't Calvinists. <laughs> uh, the revolution would succeed, they said, providing that the emotional pitch and dedication of its members was sufficiently great. So they believed in works. <laughs> <laughs> to this end, rituals and initiations were devised and rigidly practiced. This note runs through the frenzied dedication of all the secret societies of this nature. The boxers, actually members of the first the Fist for Protection Society. Now, that's a pretty cool name. Yeah. So that they, They're like, hey, we're not any of these stupid three-stick incense. We're the Fist for Protection Society. <laughs> I wonder if their mascot was Bruce Lee. Yeah. Um, who attacked the, 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 what is that, legations? Yeah. In Peiping. Peiping. In 1900, were trained to a pitch of zeal and fanaticism, which has seldom been equaled. They had been initiated in darkness, alternated with light, in the depths of the temples to the accompaniment of fasting and invocations. So light and dark and fasting and all these crazy things in the bottom of a temple. They had to recite meaningless phrases taken from Taoist magic and undergo complicated gymnastics. They swallowed a variety of drugs and potions as well as mystical diagrams written on red paper. The result was to condition their minds to ideas of success supernatural aid, invulnerability, insensibility to pain, enthusiasm, and blind obedience. The boxers, also, and more literally correctly, often called the Fist for Righteous Harmony. That's dope. That's a dope name. <laughs> the Fist for Righteous Harmony. That's awesome. I mean, those are two pretty good ones. The Fist for Protection Society and the Fist for Righteous Harmony. Uh, now they're, love, get, they're getting serious. I love the implications is like, we can all have peace right. after I punch you. <laughs> well, it's like Reagan, peace by... Uh, peace through strength. Yeah, peace through strength. Yep. Okay, so the... Uh, let me... I lost my place. Okay. The uh, Fist for Righteous Harmony. They were a mystical organization derived from the Big Sword Society. <laughs> now, that, that's not a dude's name for a group. <laughs> we'll just laugh and just move on. <laughs> which lurks behind so many of the activities of the Chinese secret associations. <sighs> Their training is supposedly based upon that of the fighting monks of, Shaolin, of, of Shaolin Monastery, who preserved certain secrets of meditation which made them invulnerable and endowed with various, supernat various supernatural powers. Weren't those monks the ones that could, like, float? The Shaolin? Yeah, yeah. the Shaolin monks. All right. I like this. I, must, I have this highlighted, so it must be something cool or funny. Uh, uh, in these, in these very military, very militant monks who were supposed or originers of desperate triad society, every member must try to emulate the virtues of these monks, and all revere the tale of their doings. Members are put through a form of training, which is supposed to be the same of that which the milit militant uh, uh, anchorites devised thus making them superior to all other men. It is fighting here to study the myth of the mysterious monks. Oh, I'm sorry, it is fitting here to study the myth of the mysterious monks. In A.D. 1674, the initiate is told there lived a community of monks in Fuking province. <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting for weeks Forever. to... I have it circled. I have it circled. The Fuking prov province. That is why we have explicit on this podcast. 
If you got a problem with it, bring it up with the Chinese. That's right. Talk to them. Talk to the Big Sword Society. <laughs> the big Swords. Uh, they had been there at least ten thousand, <clears throat> at least a thousand years, and had perfected certain arts which raised them to a position of superior men. Uh, in addition to having lateral powers through their Buddhist meditations, they were masters of the arts of war. So that's cool. It's a. Uh, so now you're getting a, uh, this is, it's very interesting that the, all these secret societies that were, um, and this, this is just super fascinating to me to learn more about like, because uh, the a Asian culture, I'm just going to be very generalized here, is so different from ours. Oh yeah. Because it is so ancient and um, I was going to say that they're just, the, the priorities are completely dipped different not in a bad way it's just the whole mindset is different yeah which makes like americans it's very difficult to even think of you can't relate very well yeah we're so individualistic right they're very and and also too like uh one of the things that i remember too being in china was um there's a big pressure for um like your reputation yeah so well i mean that's why people I mean, the Chinese social credit system, that's why it's so yeah. important because people actually care what their neighbors think and, you know, uh, dishonoring yeah. uh, was a big thing. But it, it's just very interesting to talk about that these secret societies, um, even there, still have the same, um, I don't, uh, the same makings up. Yeah, the cores. other, like they have the religious thing. They have the brotherhood. They have these secret teachings, which they're talking about magic and yeah. um, all these other things. But these guys seem so um, a lot more uh, strict in their religious teachings, yeah. which is very interesting. And at the well, same they're, time, they're... It seems like they're much more spiritual people. Yeah. You know, like it's more common for uh, like Asians to have a, a spiritual bent or, or just a spiritual understanding. Yeah. It's just culturally, it's just what they do. In fact, I learned today that uh, Japanese people go through three phases, typically. Uh, and they, they're born uh, in the, the Japanese church structure, yeah. which I forget what it's called. It's Shikau or Shiku or something like that is what it was called. Then they usually get baptized as Christians or christened, and then they die as Buddhists. <laughs> and so they have this kind of um, really open spiritual trajectory yeah and mine and just they're very open spiritually so you hmm. can talk to them about christianity but they're never going to land on one solely right it's just very hard for them to do that yeah um and i was going to say another interesting thing when we're reading about all the um these groups and societies that the how it keeps jumping back to like hundreds of years before that and then talking about how that implicates things today yeah the other thing that's a very important um, and just super fascinating is they have such a, uh, they've been around so much longer than us that their sense of time doesn't uh, matter. Yeah. In the same way that they do. Like, their long term, long game kind of exactly. mindset. Exactly. Yeah. 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 They call it like, a, there's this really good book um, about the Chinese threat today. It's called the 50 year marathon. Like, the mm. thing with the Chinese is they will, uh, they can wait a hundred years, <laughs> you know. Yeah, they have no problem. Like this is talking about years to overthrow dynasties, right? Like they're 
Dynast- but the word dynasty alone, right? Right. I mean, thousand year reigns of these families, and these guys are plotting for like 50, 70, 100 years. You know, they're not the people that start plans and stuff like that with these societies, the founders of them. Like, most of them, I would assume, knew full well that they might not be alive to see actually it. see the fruition of yeah their goals and they're totally okay with that so it's it's very fascinating to learn about different societies and the way that they function and structure and you know this is very regimented and yeah yeah by the way i was just gonna side note there if you ever go to fredericksburg virginia there's a <laughs> chinese there's a chinese restaurant called fucking gourmet <laughs> Is it spelled the same way? It's spelled the same way. That's and awesome. it makes sense. It's a legit place. Yeah. And we used to make fun of it. We go, Look who wants, we, after church, we'd be like, who wants to go get China? I do. Can we go to fucking gourmet? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they would say. That's awesome. And I would, it was the only time I could cuss and get away with it. Oh, you're not cussing. No, I'm not. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't, we don't even have to put this as explicit. No, no, no. All right. All right. So we're talking about the warrior monks. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> The brothers initiated and taught those who came to seek knowledge, and their institution became a famous place of religio-military importance. Again, that meshing of mm-hmm. religion and uh, war. Very fascinating. A foreign prince had invaded China and inflicted numerous defeats upon the national forces. The emperor had been compelled to call upon the entire nation to help defend the realm. An honored graduate of the Monk's Military Academy heard the proclamation and hurried to consult the order. The 128 sages who dwelt there immediately formed themselves into a chivalrous band and hurried to the court. Hmm. There the emperor received them and accepted their services, raised each one to the ranks of general, and offered whatever men or money they might need. They only asked for food and horses, and tearing to only choose a fortunate day, set out to get, give battle. In under three months, and without casualties on their side, the warrior monks completely subdued the enemy, even cutting their way into his country and forcing him to pay tribute. Wow. The emperor was delighted with the victory, and again offered the monks anything that they desired. But they did not want worldly goods. The warlord discipline, however who had first thought of bringing the sages into the fight, was showered with presents and given a high military office. Thus far, the myth prepares the mind of the member by glorifying sorry, glorifying fighting and self-sacrifice, ascribing a high antiquity and religious sanctions to the movement, linking it with imperial commands and showing uh, the power of dedication and discipline. The actual mystery of how these monks obtain their supernatural powers is reserved for the leaders of the order. So here you go. So they got the myth of these great warlords. And if you want to know the secret, you got to, to their power. Yeah. You got to rise up through the ranks. That's right. This esoteric teaching, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, to continue the history, uh, the monks were rewarded with a tablet, not an iPad. <laughs> 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 dad joke um they're rewarded with a tablet and scrolls written by the emperor himself they were personally escorted to the gate by his sublime majesty on their departure they received a tremendous welcome from the country people of their region to whom they showed the imperial accommodations these items are important 
and that they contain slogans which the triad member must memorize and keep before him. On the tablet was inscribed, Imperial favor, kindness, and honor. The, the scrolls stated, First in bravery, matchless heroes, and it was not by learning that they got to court. Through warlike war skill, they saw the empire emperor. Well, these messages convey to the initiate that he need not spend half his life in study before he can distinguish himself. Wow. Now the legend takes an interesting turn. There were two traitors at the imperial court. They desired to overcome the emperor and realized that while the terrible monks of the Fuking <laughs> still had their power, there was no chance of their success. They therefore hit upon the design of telling the monarch that the monks were a danger to the throne because none could stand against them and they were known to be training young men in the military art and their secret powers. The emperor was alarmed and asked them what he should do, which was just what they wanted. They sought and obtained from him forces of the imperial guard with whom they proceeded to Fuking, armed with large supplies of gunpowder to destroy the monastery. The traitors fell in with a monk who had been expelled from the devout community for irregular, irregular conduct, mm. enlisted him as an officer, and with his help found their way to the monastery, surrounded it with inflammable materials, and set it ablaze. Mm. Now the founder of the order, who had become an, an immortal, saw the flames as they ascended to heaven and summoned two other immortals to help the community. Okay. By pushing back one of the walls, the immortals enabled 18 monks, one of whom carried the emperor's triangular seal, which he had bestowed upon them in the token of their absolute authority, to escape. They were severely burned, and 13 of them died. In memory of this treacherous occasion, all members curse their opponents and vow to destroy them, for they are considered to be like the traitors, just as the present members are like the monks." The five patriarchs who escaped were helped by certain boatmen to whom they, they taught certain secret signals in token of their gratitude. They continued on in, in persecution for some time, saved again and again by the hovering immortals, just as our members are saved by the society when they are in, when in trouble. Finally, just as they were ambushed at their devotions by a party of soldiers, a miraculous peach wood sword appeared. Uh, when this was shaken at the enemy, heads fell off like peach blossoms before the wind. On this weapon was inscribed, Subvert the Sing and Restore the Ming. That's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. With the sword, the monks performed many miracles. They recruited five further stalwart warriors as henchmen, known as the Five Tiger Generals. Now, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Now, they're getting better with their names. I'll have <laughs> yeah. to give them that. The monks were still being actively persecuted on the, on the instigation of the traitors. They had no food, homes, or possessions. They desired life in order to get revenge. At the same time, they wanted death to relieve them of their troubles. Now, in their wanderings, they met Chen, Chen Nan, the person reputed to be the actual founder of the Triad Society. He had been driven from the court for honorably objecting to the proposed attack upon the monks in the first place. He took the wanderers in and looked after them. He gave them a spacious building, 
his beautiful red flower pavilion in which to carry out their rites and practice warfare. One day the monks were strolling near the delightful retreat when they saw, floating in the Kungwai River, a large stone tripod uh, uh, okay, a large stone tripod incense burner with two ears, shouting, "How wonderful!" They exclaimed. It found they ex- they exclaimed they, okay, shouting, "How wonderful!" They examined it, <laughs> and then found inscribed on the bottom, "Fan Sing Fu Ming," which is which means uh, defeat Sing and restore Ming. Remember we talked yeah, about subvert, that. Yeah, yeah, subvert Sing, restore Ming. Okay. Uh, this they carried to their altar, where twigs, which, where twigs which they placed in it, miraculously ignited themselves. They prayed for guidance and were told that they must obey the inscription on the stone. So yet here's another finding in a river of something stone, which is kind of cool. There's got to be some kind of correlation there, but uh, and it's an. Uh, 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 spontaneous combustion yeah. <laughs> incense burner. Um, the monks consulted Chen, who who issued a call to arms. One hundred and eight warriors responded, and also a comely lad called Liao Liu, L I U. I don't know how to Liu. say Liu, who mysteriously appeared. <laughs> he revealed <laughs> in my head. I just see like a Yoda. <laughs> uh, he revealed to the patriots that he was a legitimate Ming descendant and was unanimously chosen to be the new ruler by the small force. The army was organized as a secret society with Chen as the Grand Master uh, and the Red Flower Pavilion as the Lodge. Various astronomical miracles accompanied this happy event. The name of the organization was Hung, which signifies both flood and red of the organization uh let's see uh the former because they were overwhelmed they were to overwhelm china like a flood the latter because the sky was glowing red at the time they called themselves also the brotherhood of heaven and earth and the name triad was derived from the these three dimension three element brothers heaven and earth the revolt did not succeed one of the greatest heroes of, of the Hung was killed, and the army became discouraged. They post, posthumously raised him from the rank of duke, wrapped, his, wrapped the ashes of his body in red silk, and buried him in a lucky place with a triangular, with a triangular 10,000 ages monument. Uh, what is that word? Ta- Talismanically? Talismanic. I've never even seen that word in my life. <laughs> so they placed a talisman. Okay. Decorated with 16 characters, all based upon the sign for water. This done, the congregation sought the young would-be emperor. He had disappeared and was never seen again. <laughs> so he appears, leads him to war, and then disappears. Yeah. Uh, it was now evident that for some reason, the precise time for the destruction of the dynasty had not yet arrived. Chen addressed the ban, and after describing how the involuntary bending of his f- fingers had revealed to him supernaturally that there would be a further period of waiting continued. Gentlemen, I now advise you to disperse. Some of you are to take the fields, others to the rivers. All must conceal themselves, conserve their strength, and practice virtue. Transmit from mouth to ear the secret aims of our society so that in the future we may be successful. Gentlemen, I now bid you farewell. (laughs) 
before splitting up, secret signs were arranged and a special verse of recognition composed. At parting... Okay, I'm going to try and get this in one take. At parting five, a verse composed, which heroes carry undisclosed. But when their brothers this do see, they know the sign of unity. Nailed it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> five provincial grand lodges were also established, one under each of the monkish patriarchs. The rituals of admission to the triad society are largely based upon these supposed happenings. These proceedings are exceedingly complicated and even tedious. The effect of the whole is to direct the mind of the member so that his every thought is constrained upon the society and its rules I'm sorry, concentrated on this upon the society and its rules, which are incalculated at almost every stage of the symbolic proceedings. And you should probably take over. I'm getting tongue. Okay. Out. <laughs> uh, many of the principles are praiseworthy ones, but the result of the entire teaching is to make the organization a quote state within a state, and the only organization to which the member owes any loyalty, any real loyalty. He must obey his chief implicitly and is not allowed to act against a fellow member. Law, case, law cases must be brought before the society, not the ordinary courts. He must always protect a fellow member against the government of whatever he happens to be, of wherever he happens to be, sir. He must be loyal and must fight when asked. Mm -hmm. The 21 rules or laws of the society forbid, here's what they forbid, adultery when a woman connects with a woman connected with a member, committing a crime and imputing it to another member, mm. obtaining money for the arrest of another member, falsely claiming a superior rank in the society, informing anyone about the existence of the society, parting with his book of ceremonies or certificate of membership, insulting or oppressing the weak, stealing from another member, failing to respond to a call or order, malconverting the society's funds, and non-payment of dues <laughs> so all of them i love where it's like yeah like you can't kill another member you gotta you can't sleep with his wife right and you almost you gotta make sure you got your membership dues on time <laughs> pay your dues boy <laughs> yeah um there are another there are numerous signs of recognition many poems which only the initiated know and now you guys know one of those you poems. Know, you know one, yes. And methods of identification based upon the way in which one drinks cups of tea. So Pinky got out, baby. Pinky out, yeah. Um, abundant proof of the fact that the triad is not, re not really concerned with the Manchus and the Mings at all, but as a society dedicated to the acquisition of money and power has been noted in the activities of the organization abroad. Is where it starts to get interested. Yeah. Several well-documented studies have been made, for instance, of the organizations of the organization and depredations of the tri triad in Malaya, where at times a large majority of all Chinese residents in Singapore and elsewhere were members. That's wow. interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, the gambling society. Uh, sorry, <sighs> gambling society. The gambling industry. <laughs> opium trade, prostitution, and other activities of the society, as well as the struggle against the British authorities and the Christian missionaries, had little to do with the fight for the imperial throne. There is little evidence that the triad abroad ever bothered 
about who was ruling China proper. Interesting. Yeah. On the other hand, there is a map. Were you going to say something? Yeah. Do you think that that, <clears throat> sorry about that. <clears throat> that, that was disgusting. Uh, do you think that that was mainly because they were finally becoming wealthy and government could be bought off and they just really didn't need the authority over them to give them approval? Yeah. So they could just work subversely and not even be stopped. Yeah. And I think when they have such large member, yeah, when you have a society that's uh, <laughs> so powerful and has reach across countries and stuff like that yeah and money and resources um you know like one of the the yeah they don't they don't really care too much about who's ruling them at the like who who's in charge at china right you know when they're worried about you know getting, their getting opium. opium to right you know wherever and it's interesting because it, when it was talking about every chinese majority of all chinese residents in singapore were committed to them remember yeah. It's almost like mafia, yeah. S status, yeah. Or uh, this is going to be a gross over generalization, yeah. But it's definitely true. Like when you think about uh, current, uh, like a bunch of the ones that I, I mentioned earlier, yeah. About like the the cartels or whatever the cartels. So you know, you look at uh, gangs. Uh, we'll just use the uh, they call it the DMV. Uh, not the Department of Motor Vehicles, but... Uh, <laughs> it feels like a cartel. Yeah, D.C. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For <laughs> real. Uh, uh, D.C., Maryland, and Northern Virginia. Yeah. That area uh, has the highest concentration of MS-13 gang members in the world. In like, the world? Anywhere. Okay. So... And they come out of South America, right? Uh, or Mexico? They're from... Hon Honduras. Honduras or Peru? I can't remember. One of the, one Honduras, of the islands. Honduras. And, uh, yeah. So the thing is, is like most, uh, if you go to an area that is a bad area, um, at least in like Northern Virginia or anything. Yeah. Uh, they're usually MS-13 controlled. Right. So just as an example. So the people, so they, they'll control a neighborhood or something like that. Their turf. And the people... Um, because they're illegal immigrants and they'll smuggle in all these people. Um, if you know, these Hondurans or Peruvians or whoever lives or Guatemalans, if they don't want to have to deal with like ice or the police, they have to pay dues to the gang to protect them in this area. Right. So that's like what they're doing nowadays. That's what happens. So there's all these people are, are in effect sympathetic to the gang because they don't want to deal with the, proper authority you know yeah. they don't care about getting caught and i mean you look at the, the our immigration laws like think about it now oh yeah it's in the there's i have friends that are cops they said literally he arrested a guy who had like warrants out multiple felony warrants they arrested him on wednesday deported him friday he was on the on an airplane back he re-arrested him on sunday what back in the country Wow. So they flew him out Friday. He just and then turned he got around, got back on the plane, yeah. and rearrested re like within five days Gosh. of the original. So, I mean, when you he's think. He's a bad criminal, too. Yeah. You think he, he's getting caught. Yeah. But, I mean, when you just think about that, what power they don't care about. When you when you have the power of one of these cartels yeah. that controls this stuff, that when they can literally. It, it just gives you an idea of. 
yeah, they don't care about the government, you know, because the government's not doing, obviously we've changed uh, administrations from Obama right, to right, this, yeah. and it, it, it it's had no effect on right. that. So that's, you know, it's just interesting to think of how a gang will operate when they really do have money and power and the government that they, multiple governments. Right. You're talking about two two governments at least three countries who cares possibly yeah yeah they're going through mexico so they're paying off and yeah yeah so but that's why the wall is needed i mean honestly it will it will slow that stuff down hopefully it will yeah i mean they're flying them in and flying them out you know so the wall is not really i mean i don't think they're flying them in and they're not getting on planes well how do you get back across the border you just hitched a ride (laughs) I'm pretty sure they're not getting an airplane and flying into Dulles or JFK. Yeah. Or Reagan, know. rather, not yeah. JFK. I mean, if he's a high drug guy, if he's high on the... They're not flying in. They're not leaving country if they're high up. Yeah. Anyways, so that's just an, just an interesting way to think of, like, how... Yeah, I get you. When they... they in the same way that uh, multinational corporations, mm-hmm. like a business, doesn't care about, you know... The, the it doesn't really they don't really like amazon doesn't really care about who's in charge you know what i right, mean right. it doesn't he doesn't really jeff bezos doesn't really care about if it's obama or if it was hillary or trump or, trump yeah, or right, right you know he's still gonna do what he's gonna do and he has the power when you're that powerful yeah so same way with these gangs because they're still gonna buy their amazon packages and pay their prime <laughs> yeah uh, so, on the other hand, there is a mass of material to show that the triad and other secret societies worked ceaselessly for their own good and for the welfare of their leaders. There is no doubt that the individual member received many benefits, but they are often the dubious ones of influence used to subvert the course of justice. The British and Malaya, especially in the 19th century, had an extraordinary and ever-shifting policy towards the societies. Some officials thought that they were not dangerous, others that they did not exist. When disturbances arose among th- fearful Tong fights, so <laughs> the the Tong that we had mentioned earlier, I don't think we actually gave a definition. It's just a, it, the T-O-N-G is a, uh, the meaning, it just means a Chinese group, basically. Yeah. Um, like gang fight, almost. Yeah, I'm just trying to find, I just totally lost my place. Uh, it w- so when disturbances arose through uh, fearful Tong fights, it was often said that these were not due to the secret societies at all. British traders stated that the societies only persecuted each other, that they should be allowed to carry on freely in their own way. Oh, man. So just uh, in the words of... Tribal the, fighting. Right? The, well, the mayor of Baltimore, they just, just give them space to destroy. Just let them fight, you know, just Jeez. fight them out. Um, for decades, the authorities were handicapped by having nobody who spoke Chinese to deal with the organizations and relied on t- from time to time on the cooperation of chiefs of the Tongs themselves. Malays, Indians, and others were enrolled, and some Malays started their own societies, two of which were Islamic. <laughs> Interesting. The aims of, and objects were getting further and farther from the restoration of the Mings as each day passed. In 1869, a law came into being in Malaya providing for the registration of dangerous societies. 
and all associations except mer mercantile companies and European Freemasons had to register and furnish information about their places of meeting, members, signs, and rituals. Mm. That's interesting. The dangerous societies laws that everybody right. except uh, the Freemasons. Global, uh, yeah, the Freemasons and the uh, globalist corporations had to. <laughs> Um, they were doing their thing back then, man. Yep. Many did so, but provided bogus details, which were accepted as genuine. This ordinance had, of course, no effect. The governor is on record as believing it had worked well, although the only, the only effect had been to register the societies incorrectly, and they were increasing in numbers and influence. Hmm. Uh, yeah, disinformation. What do they think was going to happen? I know, right? Oh, we'll give ourselves up. Yeah. By the end of the 19th century, the societies were better organized than ever before in spite of policies of registration, suppression, partial suppression, and so on. After the middle of the 20th century, the terrible tongs of China were operating apparently without restraint throughout Southeast Asia and wherever Chinese people were to be found. Extortion, racketeering, and murder were rife. Not even a theory, a theory as to how they might be approached, controlled, or suppressed had been produced. In the 1960s, after probably more than 2,000 years of connected villainry, there was no I, uh, there was no indication that the question would ever be settled. Wow. So, that so, is the origin of the triads. Yeah. And it, they still exist. So, so here's the question. Yeah. So they take the long game approach. Mm -hmm. Towards the end, there when we were talking, when you're reading, they were basically saying that well, the Mings weren't even on the record. It wasn't even on the radar anymore. They didn't even care about the original. Yeah. But do you think, in the long term, they might return back to that? Like try to get into actual political office? Yeah. Especially with, like, what's happening in Hong Kong right now. Maybe. I mean, a lot of you the... Think, uh, you think they might get in that? I mean, I'm sure that they would love to overthrow... Um, yeah. Because, I mean, the uh, these dynasty uh, monarchist, you know, like a, a someone is a monarchist that, you know, wants royalty yeah. families and stuff like that. Yeah, those people are, like, super nationalists. Um, yeah. They always say, like, right... You, they say they're right wing, but they don't want... Uh, you know they're capitalists, so they don't want this uh, government. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I don't know. I, I, Who knows? I have no idea. Right? Yeah, dude, that's pretty cool. So yeah, I thought it was r interesting uh, background. A lot of fighting, um, blood and wine. Yeah, they are floating monks. It's just interesting to think now of the history of a gang. Yeah, that goes back. Hundreds of years, thousands, dude. Yeah, it thousands. Like thousand, it was like one. It was like a thousand twenty-six is when it started. Yeah, when they, when they first recorded. Yeah, so you know, a thousand-year <laughs> um, empire is a street gang. You know, like uh, like you know, at the beginning of the thing, I kind of said you might have heard these guys because they're in rush hour. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, Jackie Chan had a fight against him <laughs> with Chris Tucker, or you know, something right, like that. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So it's, it's end of the day. If you didn't like the episode, I don't care. <laughs> I thought it was super fascinating, and uh, well, it's timely too because it's more modern. You know, it brings yeah. us all the way up to the '60s, and 
right now uh you know just current events china is a hotbed right now there's a lot going on with our relationship you know america's relationship economically and uh you know a lot of other things as well so yeah. so it's kind of cool to just know like these are things like this is his- history for them mm-hmm. you know as a nation yeah i was gonna say like it's really interesting i know um to kind of talk about china uh what i was saying about like their their view of being able to put aside their individualistic like i have to be important Mm -hmm. rather than my i want my lineage to be important i want to be an important family or i want yeah my gang to be uh to do something yeah important or whatever um excuse me the uh like i was thinking about it's really hard for to like get chinese spies even here in the united states and it's really interesting how they work kind of in uh, the same way is so the chinese government will have some normal people some chinese you know uh, I'm trying to think of a name, but I don't want to sound. St- <laughs> Super we'll say racist. Russell and Sue, <laughs> and uh, they'll send Russell and Sue to, uh, I don't Harvard, MIT, and he'll get a uh, computer science degree, and she'll get a math degree. I don't know, whatever, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, super stereotypical, but they're really good. <laughs> the Chinese are very smart at uh, the hard sciences. Yeah, the so they go there, and they are in their 20, you know, 23, and they live, and they just grow up in America. Raise a family. Raise a family. Yeah. And then when their kid, who's born in America, is an American, he gets into school. Then the Chinese government will come back and say, hey... Uh, Sue and Jeff, yeah, whatever <laughs> the American, the the, yeah. the, the, the son, ki- the kid, yeah. You only came here. You're only in America because we paid your parent. We we brought your parents here. You're gonna go. We're gonna pay for it. You're gonna go. You're gonna get a computer science degree. Then you're gonna go get a job at the NSA, right? And then you're gonna help us be a spy. So they'll they'll send family. And you gotta think about this. And if you they'll don't, send twenty years, they'll yeah. die. Your parents yeah, well, will die. Well, I don't think they can really. We'll bring them back. Yeah, we'll fit. Well, or we'll kill your extended family left in China. Yeah, but they'll do that. They'll wait a whole generation, right? And then come to the next one, who's an American, who, you know, all this stuff. And the parents don't have to do anything. And the the bringing shame on your family is so powerful, right? It's they use it because yeah. that would bring shame on his family if he didn't if he doesn't comply. Yeah, you know, and th- so that's like a huge very powerful tool yeah in the hands of in the secret societies as well yeah so um pay your dues don't yeah, <laughs> yeah but yeah. the point i was making is the the chinese they're so patient yeah that they'll wait 40 years and they'll wait 50 years for this the next generation to be the spy form yeah. so that's and that's where it gets really tricky because they're american citizen yeah and what is the how does the government deal with this kid that's been born in america he well, has an called, iPhone? It's called treason. That's how well, the Americans deal with it. Well, yeah, but I mean, how do they catch? You know, that's it's very yeah, difficult. It's very difficult to find a domestic. You know. So yeah. Wow, dude. Well, that was pretty cool. I enjoyed uh, reading through this. This is pretty neat. Yeah, I another, thought so too. Another episode of the S three under yeah. the belt. 
and uh, hope you guys are enjoying these. We got some exciting stuff coming down the pike here in the next couple months. Uh, we're doing research on some things, and we got some guests that we've been talking to, so uh, some fun stuff. If uh, there's something that you'd want to hear us talk about or research or whatever, shoot us, hit us. <laughs> no, don't shoot us. Yeah. <laughs> I would say shoot us. Uh, hit us up on social media, which is Instagram or Twitter, and you can find those links in our in the show notes. We put them in there every week. But uh, we would also love to hear back from you. So, um, And to our friend, our new friend in, in uh, Ireland, who I was talking with on Instagram message. Oh, yeah. Uh, over the weekend. So... I don't know your name. I know your, <laughs> I know your uh, Instagram well, don't, handle, don't. but I'm not going to give it out. But uh, it was a pleasure messaging with you, and we're glad you listened to the podcast. And have hope you have a bit of luck. <laughs> That's <laughs> with all your uh, the bit of the luck of the Irish. I was trying to think of an Irish stereotype. I don't know any sense. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys we we've offended enough racists <laughs> we've done our most racist racial episode ever yes. congratulations all right man all right it's been awesome yes we will catch you next time on all out war stay hydrated thanks for listening to the all out war podcast today we hope you enjoyed the episode If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us, or you can find us on Twitter at alloutwarcast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. (laughs) 